the first goal on Anzac Day. Five, the AFL is in the books. A very entertaining round. So the first thing we always do is talk about our highlight from the weekend just past. So Josh, what was your highlight of round five? Oh, Ben Brown getting four one. Ben Brown kicking four. Yeah, fuck it. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for expanding on that. Uh, ben, your highlight for the weekend? Uh vegetable garden started sprouting again. Yeah. No, <laughs> Radish is leading the race. <laughs> um, it was good that we got the highlights on. Was it Saturday night? Highlights of uh, Brisbane Raw and whoever they oh, play. Oh, yeah. Do Western you know, Sydney Warren- Wanderers. Yeah. It's good of the A-League to put all the goals during halftime. It was. Oh, they were good very, goals too. Very well scheduled, I thought. Um, I got to say, my highlight, it's all around the, the games, was uh, the bringing back the biff. The melees were on. Oh, that was good, 26 they? grand's worth of melees this weekend. They're still piss poor by historical standards, but hey. No, there. I mean, if you can get Alex Ranch to start swinging around the elbows, then you're doing something right. <laughs> Oh, wasn't that a twat move? I liked it. I thought it was great. <laughs> it, was, it, it was the hardest bit of footy that Richmond played all weekend. I tell you what, I better keep you warm because he's out for the next couple. Yeah, I, I think he's uh, he's fortunate to get just the two games. It was three down to two, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, which and is about right. So I think that's what it deserved. Yeah. Um, so let's go straight into the games then. Friday night, Hawthorne versus Adelaide. Um, absolute cracker of a game for Friday night. A real shootout too. We have 20 goals Six or something silly like that um, in the first half. Mm. Very accurate. Something like, yeah, 2028. Um, I think that was one of the best first quarters I've seen maybe all year. Yeah. Even, even extend that to the first half. Actually, that's the second Friday night game we've been to. And both of them were decided by Less very, kick. very late kicks. And the home team started leaving early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't see many leave. So I'm, I'm just saying if the AFL wants to have cracker Friday nights, just invite us along. That's very funny. I wonder if it was my bias, but I when because we, we the other one was Richmond Collingwood, and we saw Collingwood people leave early. We saw yeah. shit tons. Yeah. yeah, I didn't notice any at the Hawthorne game, but I wasn't looking for it either. So now that you bring it up, it was very interesting. I noticed a few before uh, the they got uh, when they got three goals out. When Adelaide got their last goal, uh, and they put it back. I think even you were saying, or it might be a bit beyond us now, but. Um, and then it sort of stagnated a little bit, and I thought, oh, Adelaide might try and ice this, and it's just bang, bang. And then, you know, faffed around a little bit, and then that final goal, and it's like, well, that happened. That happened, well, yeah. is Is it worse to leave early or to not go at all? Leave early, definitely. Definitely leave early, because if you're not going at all, at least you can stay home and watch it. Well, because there, there was a noticeable abs- absenteeism in uh, the crowd. 45,000, which is... Lowish, yeah. Well, a... especially when you consider Hawks has got seventy-two thousand fan uh, members. That's true, and, and some Adelaide... empty corporate boxes as well. Yeah, and Scott's box is empty. We uh, did check that up. I went up, especially at halftime, to take a photo because this was one of the games where I offered uh, to box it for Scott's transport, and they still refused to re- re- reply to me at all. Um, so uh, I did check; it was empty. So I'll be writing another sternly worded letter. Just to reiterate my offer once again to I think I think we should direct it directly to Koshi. Well, well, <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I, th- I think if they don't start using it, we should be able to slyly put like a clicking balls banner over the front of the Scotch transport <laughs> one or something. See if anybody notices. Give it, give it a couple of weeks and we could actually try and claim that it's our box. I'm going to look up squatter rights. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Sure they are. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that takes effect after 10 years and you have to show previous ownership of the domicile, but we can give it a crack. Hey, when's, when's the last time Port won MCG? Uh, still uh, 10 years. Mate, I'm, I'm here for the long haul, is what I'm saying. I'm willing to put in 10 years to get yep. a corporate box of MCG <laughs> annexed to me. Well, I'll tell you what, that sort of determination will get you in forward pocket for Port at the moment. It, it certainly will. Um, but with this game, I thought that you could very much underestimate the influence that Tex Walker had on the game. Because he only kicked two goals. But I think he would have set up about four or five others, especially with quick, slick hands. And that was the main difference between the two sides, was how clean the hands were. I think with Tex too, and at the ground you see it, he will run away from where he wants the ball to go just to let other players have the open run at it. Uh, and Josh Jenkins made uh, uh, made curry out of that uh, last few weeks. But uh, this week, he was a little bit quieter, little I thought. A little bit quieter. Kick one or two, something yeah. like that. But, but um, beaten. Always an option. And when you've got, you know, three forwards always being an option, 
Jeez, that's brilliant. And then you've got Eddie Betts just sitting around there going, anything comes near me, I've got this bitch. Well, he's very weird, Eddie. He kicked three goals in the first quarter, and then I don't know if he did anything for the rest of the game. Yep. Very much kept quiet after that. His three goals weren't um, miraculous goals either, I think. He got... Uh, he got the very first one in the first 30 seconds, and he got another one which should have been a free kick, and I can't remember his third one. Um, so, yeah, they were Eddie Betts' goals. He had a snap goal, but there was no yeah. None boundary the, line, yeah. Here, here's the ball, here it is, and bang. Wow, how'd that happen? Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you got to say, that's uh, three votes for Paul Piopolo. Yeah. He's only had eight kicks, but five of them are goals. It's not a bad fucking effort. Just, if if the brown line was decided on votes per centimetre, he's home already. <laughs> Even Brett Harvey's going to have a word, though. <laughs> but uh, he's never polled a brown line vote before. Really? Yeah, so this will uh, certainly get him on the board. Do you reckon the um, they've got a midget brigade somewhere? Like, just this little room at the back of the G, which is like got a five-foot high door, that, uh, you know, when um, Caleb Daniels started playing, you got Boomer and Piopolo and uh, maybe Little Libertore, I don't know. Just go on. In through this door, mate. And just in there, everything's just lower size. Because most of the footy club stuff would be built around people being six foot three, six foot four, you'd imagine. No, I don't think they've done that. Yeah, oh, but you that's an interesting thought. You need to leave little people alone, your sizes. <laughs> Probably just have little party pies there and everything. <laughs> or as they call them, pies. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the exciting things was, uh, I actually called it a, a, about uh, a minute before the final siren, yeah. was uh, when... Uh, Burgoyne playing his 300th is going to get carried off yep. uh, I remember I said to you <laughs> yes. like, usually when it's an indigenous player they like other indigenous players like to be the ones to chair them off yep. but Hawks have only got two um, besides Burgoyne and that was Hill and Rioli I don't, know shoulders. How, I don't know how good Hill's uh, bench press is or his squats, but nah, he, he stepped up to the plate and he did his job. I was worried that uh, Gibson might have had to sub in and be like, I'm, I'm pretty close, lads. He's just looking at him like, mate, come on. Don't be racist. Come on. Um, but nah, they did the job. But how brutal is footy in that Adelaide have lost an absolute heartbreaker. Then, 30 seconds later, they have to go stand and do a guard of honour for yeah. one of the other players to walk off the ground. Yeah. See, I think that's almost a welcome distraction. Because they can be like, no, nah, this is what we're focusing on here. Yeah, congratulations, Bergon. Yeah, well done. Adelaide boy, nice work for former, the other side. But and a former Port player at that. Yeah. But uh, at least they're, they're thinking about that for 30 seconds rather than thinking about the one that got away. Because as soon as the siren went, you just saw the guys just drop to their knees. Yeah. And they it's were gutted. So what was very interesting as well, because uh, Josh, you and I were at the ground and we went away and got, oh, that was a massively uh, fantastic game to watch. Great spectacle. Then when we came away, listened to the radio and turned it on, it, all the talk was about umpires. All well, of it. The thing was, while we were there, I went to get um, uh, strips and chips for like dinner, whatever. They didn't have any salt there. And I think I found out why, because everyone had it fucking had gone. it when they were calling in the radio. I, I did not realise at the ground that it was such an issue. Oh, I probably would have said that Hawthorne got the rub of the green, but not in a way that determined the match. Um Instead of 50-50s, it was probably 60-40s. But, look, that's that's the game. I don't think Adelaide, the team, will complain. But, uh, look, if you're, a, if you're an Adelaide supporter and your team's up and about and they've all but nailed the, the coffin lid shut and then leave it ajar, you're going to get frustrated and you're probably going to ignore reality in favour of something silly. Well, I mean, to be fair, talk back radio, like Facebook comments, really. I mean, you're scraping the bottom. How many cool people do you know that make them? <laughs> um, I think the last time I called into the radio was in Broken Hill and I won uh, a cake. I won a poster with uh, John Platten signed Hawthorne poster was that the Spice Girls comment? Uh, no it was after that there was a Spice Girls one though yeah I won something can't remember how um, but look Adelaide are up and about um, it's they're only what two kicks away from being undefeated mm, but yeah, instead they've lost uh, games to North and Hawks and with that too, Jacobs uh, had 40-odd hit-outs. 40 exactly, actually. He was menacing all day. Yeah, I don't think he was um, dominant, though. I mean, he probably won the rucks, but I'd give it to Big Boy around the ground. Uh, yeah. You keep, I, I don't think it was um, Big Boy as much as he was roved to better. Maybe, yeah. Because um, it did seem like he got a bit lucky. He'd tap, and then players would... Uh, congest and the ball would come out and you know Hawthorne would have it um, in the middle I'd say Jacob's definitely had him 
But again, uh, Hawthorne have never built their game around a ruckman. No. Uh, they've just said, big bloke, tap it forward, we'll do the rest. And, uh, well, obviously the results speak for themselves. Yeah, they don't do too bad. Um, but uh, Hawks, four and one, and I'd say haven't really hit top pace yet, but three wins in a row by three points. They're just eking them out. It just it feels like the 2004 Brisbane Lions. That it's just too many wars they've been to. But uh, anyway, they've got a rough month ahead, so we'll find out where they're at after that. Well, really, it should be. Like, if you're reigning triple premiers, every game should be a war because every team should be coming out and thinking, we've got to test ourselves against these boys. I mean, it should have been happening after one premiership, but um, for whatever reason, Hawthorne have been able to intimidate a lot of players. Um, it seems... A few players aren't um, I don't been think, told to step up a bit. Yeah, I don't think they're scared of them. No, nobody's scared of them anymore. They're seen as gettable. I think that you have to see them as gettable. Um, no point I don't otherwise. Think they're obviously no no great deal worse than they were last year or the year before. A um, couple of ins, a couple of outs. But, um, yeah, definitely players have to be able to stand up. Because if you're, doesn't matter if you're standing Sam Mitchell or someone should fucking stand Sam Mitchell. But um, whether you're on Mitchell, Hodge, whoever, you've got to try and beat them. That's, that's the footy game. But uh, Adelaide did quite well in that they actually stuck someone on Mitchell and kept him down to a lazy 30. Just a 31, yeah. I think that makes about nine out of his last ten matches or something like that. <laughs> um, we go to Sydney Swans versus West Coast Eagles. Um, the, the first highlight was the uh, paratrooper breaking his oh, pelvis Jesus, before yeah. the game, um, which is... You know, you got to ask why you're doing it. Half an hour before the game or whenever it was, and there's like six blokes in the crowd. It's pissing down rain. Yeah. Jeez, um, you know, if the pre-match entertainment wasn't on, I mean, that would have ruined this game. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> I think it's just the Anzac spirit. Like, he's up there in the plane, and they're like, oh, mate, it looks pretty rough. Do you want to go? He's like, the Anzacs wouldn't have said no. Like, well, they would have been pushed out of the fucking plane. But, uh... I was going to say, well, it was pretty much what happened, actually, with the Anzacs. They're like, we're in the wrong place, mate. The weather's not right. Yeah, don't worry. Doing it anyway. I mean, it's not even that much of a spectacle if you're there because all you see are the last final awesome four three seconds, seconds yeah. three or four seconds where he smashes into the turf. I was going to say, that, well, that was the only thing to watch in this one. Which, to be honest, that's the only way he gets on the telly. No one gives a shit. Oh, guy parachuting in. Cool. Now, what do you make of uh, Anzac round? So we had an Anzac uh, minute silence in the bloody, um, what do you call it, the national anthem in the last yeah. post at just about every game. Yeah, I got sick of it. It, it takes it off, so doesn't did, it? So did Channel yeah. 7. Yeah, Channel 7 going away halfway through it. But it just, by the time we got around to today, Anzac Day, it's yeah. like, I've already seen this six times this weekend, mate. Yep. Yep. Look, I think it could have been done better. Because the way it happened, it was just like, and here's another one. And here's another, and it was all yeah. the same. Rather but than... It's all teams that wanted their own Anzac moment. That's what it was. But there was yeah. no different Anzac moments. Yes. Yeah. Like, um, there was no, oh, here's a player, here's, a, here's his old man who went to World War II story, or, um, oh, here's our local troop from the RSL or whatever. It was all just, and here's the Utes, and here's the Diggers, and here's the last post, it's and all up this and, is all done. Yeah. And it was just samey, which, you know, you're doing the Diggers, and that's fine. It's a, a vital part of the Australian culture, but I think they deserve a bit more than just routine yeah I think you should combine it with the warm ups uh, see the few AFL players run through the old diggers see if they still got it just do, do some Whoa, kill, kill bird, birds the stones and shit thinks the most diggers might uh, have flashbacks yeah a few fireworks <laughs> put, some, put some hills on the ground watch them run up the hills half time with the Oz kickers <laughs> all of a sudden there's sandbags all around the goal square that's what they could do have the diggers versus the Oz kickers at half time oh. the old, old lads with the uh, walking frames and, and the chairs <laughs> The young lads going around. <laughs> the light horse charge. See, see the old man from Family Guy in there. <laughs> Ooh, children. <laughs> you like popsicles? Everybody likes popsicles. Um, it's a shame that for the weather on this game because it made it into really hard to watch footy. Yeah, it did. The one exception, Teddy Richards. Teddy Richards had a day out. How good was he? Like For a backman, to take an absolute hanger, uh, that was brilliant. And then to get the ball around the 50 and just go bang. You keep the goal just before it. It's, it's always great to see a fullback kick a goal because nobody enjoys it, it more. Love oh, it. Yes. And as a fullback, though, how brilliant is it to run back on your man and go, mate, how good was I? <laughs> yeah. See that shit? Oh, you can't do that. You know, pick someone up, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. 
It would be good to go back to, uh, I think he's playing on Josh Kennedy and go, uh, I've got one, you've got one? Uh, bet yeah. even, mate. Bet even. <laughs> it's four shits easy. <laughs> yeah. It's like today, uh, Andrew Bogut managed to equal Steph Curry. Although Steph oh, Curry yeah. did go off with a knee. But injured. anyway, yeah. you think you'd still have to you know, give him a bit, wouldn't you? No. Even though he's on the same team? No, I think when Steph Curry's your uh, money ticket. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Steph Curry probably doesn't even know his name anyway, so. <laughs> Big guy. <laughs> Um, so let's have a look. There. I mean, yeah, the game happened and Sydney are just trundling along, four and one, third on the ladder or thereabouts. They, they still look like they can just snap it out. Like they may not lose the rest of the damn season the way they play. But uh, they're bloody solid. Yeah. They, they've yeah. taken our advice on board and really stepped it up against the top eight teams this year. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Once they figure out what to do with Kurt Tippett, as in, you know, can they turn him into sausage? Yeah, he's pretty average today, but he's had a good year so far. Yeah, I think... He's he's not a player that'll benefit the team greatly, but he's not costing them anything either. I think the Summer Swans go along pretty nicely, so you just don't tinker with it too much. Yeah, exactly. You just let it keep going how it's going, and they seem to be taking care of the opposition and themselves just fine. And Okay, I think that's about it for that, that game. We'll go on to the next one, which is Gold Coast and North. Um, North doing very well. Uh, just stuck this one out. Um, did what they needed to do. Jared Waite was good again. There's just it never felt like they were in trouble. It never felt like they were going to run away with it, really. But it it felt like they were in hand. Um, and best of all, they managed to keep Gary Abbott to below thirty. Yeah, it's happened a few times this year for poor old Gaz. It's, yeah. um, I don't know if all the injuries are starting to uh, catch up with him, and he might become a a key forward. Well, one thing I did notice because um, obviously you pay attention to Gary Ablett when you're playing Gold Coast because ball's ending up or originating with him anyway. Um, instead of playing between him and the ball, they played between him and the goal at all time. They had uh, Jacobs between him and the goal because so much time out of the pack, the ball goes in that direction so Ablett can run onto it. But by blocking that run, as soon as he gets the ball, there's Jacobs standing right there ready to tackle him. I think he gave away about three holding the man free kicks, but uh, it stopped Ablett's run. And if he's got uh, even a fraction of a second to look for a target, he'll find it. Speaking of run, do you see uh, Saad coming out of the back? <laughs> How good is he looking? Oh, he was until he pulled a groin, maybe from that run, I think it was. But uh, yeah, Boomer Harvey chased him down and kept chasing, kept chasing. And he was all alone, so he couldn't give up. But uh, just in the last few metres, you see him call someone forward <laughs> and then just run straight to the bench and just have a, a suck a few deep breaths in. But uh, yeah, he was cactus. I think he's um, really continued where he left off last season as well. He's been one of the yep. standouts for him and uh, had a few of them as well, even Miller to, to a lesser extent, but he's still doing what he's doing. Kalajny has been the better of the two Kalajnys. I think um, that's the best you've ever pronounced his yeah, name too. Kalajasny. Well, I'm learning, I'm learning. Uh, Aaron Hall, I thought there were some concerns about potentially injured last round, right? Yeah, I, I, I thought so, but somehow apparently... I imagine that. Come back and just look to... Well, there's not, not much to him either. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a tricky little bugger. I think he's second or third for disposals in the competition at the minute as well, so that's not a bad effort either. He's definitely been the standout or the the um, outlier of that team where you wouldn't expect him to come that good, so it's always good to see those, especially with some injuries to... Uh, Amir is still... Yeah, he's not going to play. He's still no good, isn't he? Nah, yeah. he's still not playing. So you need someone like that to really come to the front. And I think Swallow's out for the year for him as well. Yeah, he's well gone. Um, the other interesting matchup I found was uh, Goldstein and Curry. Obviously, Curry being Goldstein's understudy at North. Was uh, this Curry's first game? Yeah, for Gold Coast. For Gold Coast? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, in terms of hitouts, it's 24 to Goldstein, 21 to Curry. But watching the game, I thought Goldstein pantsed him, to be honest. I thought Curry did all right, though. I mean, he, he got beaten, which you'd expect. I mean, well, Goldstein's with, the reigning All-Australian. And he's played eight games of AFL, I think. No, it's less than that. I think it's between four and eight, like yeah. SFA. Um, so you'd expect Goldstein to really give him a hammering like he did to McKernan last year, but it, that didn't happen. And if I, you walking into this game as Gold Coast, if you said Goldstein's going to get 18 possessions and 24 hitouts, you go, yep, take that. Yep. Yeah, he cracked two goals. He's been trying to get the goals the uh, last few weeks, which is weird. He's decided, fuck it, if I can't make All-Australian as a Ruckman, I'll make it as a Rover. He's doing good too. He's been, yeah, He's running doing right, actually. But uh, his um, ability below his knees has gone up another level. I haven't seen him bobble one yet, which for a ruckman is phenomenal. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, 
watching the game, it always seemed like North had it in hand, but um, which is kind of odd. Being a North supporter, you kind of always have that trepidation that they're all going to go old school North and suddenly fuck everything up. But no, they it's, were solid. It's generally only one kick away, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's that uh, always wondering how fragile they are mentally. But for whatever reason, they've managed to get over the line every time so far this year and hope it continues for a little while longer. Well, that's it. They're not having those little hiccups. Like, especially Gold Coast used to be their bogey side a little bit. Last well, they've won the last two, two, I believe. Two to three years, yeah. They've been difficult for them, but uh, they did the job. Never yeah. looked in doubt. And as soon as Saad went down with a groin, that ruined all the run of the back line that Gold Coast were getting. Um, not to say it would have changed the outcome necessarily, but it certainly made it a lot easier. And uh, is... I think two things came out of this game. One is you have to consider North for a premiership chance right now. And the other one is Tom Lynch is the absolute favourite for the Coleman. How dangerous oh, did he look yeah. at all times? Easy. And the thing was, I thought Taron actually had a good game, even though he wasn't playing him directly. He managed to get a lot of intercept marks, but it was still not enough to stop Lynch just pulling down these massive pack marks. And a monster mark. He's like a Casbolt that can kick. And... Probably about another 10 kilos of muscle. But uh, look, if you're a Gold Coast supporter, which I hope more and more getting on board, but yeah, he's, yeah. if you're Ablett's winding down now, so he's not going to be the reason you turn up, but Lynch will be. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking, because they're the ones that accepted the port offer of playing the home game in China, oh, right? It, yeah. Well, Port are pretty sure at the moment. So I'm thinking there's a red-hot chance that um, Gold Coast can really steal the momentum and that investment from Port just because they can give them a hiding over in China and not have to spend a cent. All they spend is a home game and they pick up all the momentum that Port are trying to pay for. Well, Port are doing it on the back of a sponsorship for some real estate developer or some shit over there. Yeah. So is he going to buy, uh, if he's looking to invest in Australia, is he going to buy in Port Adelaide or the Gold Coast? Yeah. And I think technically he has to uh, adopt the Port team so he can put it all in their names as well. Yeah. (laughs) So with that though, with the playing over in China, it's the Archie brothers heading over there. Yep. Yeah, could very well be. Yeah. yeah. So maybe they play against each other. Maybe that's the um, the developer. Maybe it's their uncle. Yeah, they've got the insider. Could, could I mean, so it has to, has to cross a few national lines for it to be a relation. But well, I know that Port Adelaide do have an international rookie from uh, China, but uh, he's done his ACL, so he's not going to be there this year. But not like he was going to play anyway. I love when that happens. You get an international player come in, and they immediately jump on the Aussie culture and take workers' comp and do their ACL. <laughs> it's it's like, oh, well. mate, done my ACL. I'm out for what <laughs> fourteen weeks, but you still pay me, but still well. pay me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do the accounting then, Aussie as. <laughs> All right, on to the next one, the Bulldogs and the Brisbane Lions. It uh, started off all right, this one, but uh, it came down to who's going to get injured for the Bulldogs. And they've had three weeks of this now. Yeah. But they still managed to keep coming up with players. Oh, their depth is a lot better than I think anybody thought. Well, we had a fair idea just by how the VFL team was doing. They always looked in mm. pretty good nick. They were always competing with Box Hill. So you always, you, they were just never proven because they hadn't really got that much of a chance because they had that big clear, uh, list clear out where um, they had the new guys in there that were sort of doing well. So the VFL team didn't get too much of a chance. Well, they're, they're all trumps at the moment. They've, they've got so many skillful, uh, small to mid-sized speedy players. Um, obviously, Murphy doesn't fit that mould, but uh, Johannesson, Suckling, and you know another 10 blokes. So as long as they don't lose any of the big men, they'll be able to cover their depth, no worries. Named all the injured players too. <laughs> yeah, you're just saying, they're the ones that have dropped yeah. out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the big men that they don't rely on though, um, which is what they've done so well. Except possibly Stringer. Mind you, he had a, a brilliant game in terms of impact. Yeah, well, he's been quiet the last couple of weeks. Um, he was soundly beaten um, in the game against Hawthorne. And last week he... He did all right, but not a, a dominator. But that goal he kicked, um, oh. was it, I, I think it might have been his first or his second goal, but um, I've heard somebody else say Gary Ablett senior-like. And you go, geez, that's that's big big early. But you could see it, especially with all the players um, just exploding behind him. Yeah, yeah, I think he fits the roof. I, I wouldn't want to throw that at him yet. I think he's still got another... Oh, maybe, I just did. Maybe what? Well, actually, no, somebody else did, and I just repeated it. Yeah. I, I re-lobbed it. Here's some coke and some hookers and some guys. <laughs> and he, here's some 19-year-old fan. Yeah. Let, let's see how his offspring go first. But um, oh, if uh, North are in the conversation for premierships, Western Bulldogs have to be the favourite. Sit number two at the minute. And looking dangerous every game. Uh, uh, and winners 
like the thing with North, there aren't many players that'll walk into any side. But uh, Bulldogs have got plenty of players that you think, oh, geez, wouldn't mind having them on the on the list. Even the Bears, fucking the Lions are like that too. Their top five players probably do walk into any other side. It's just yeah. the rest of them. Um, but I think, yeah, I'd go the other way with the Bulldogs. I think it is across the board. Their average is just so good. Yeah. Well, we're talking about the um, the Brisbane list. Stephen Martin, is he an elite ruckman or not? Yeah, he is. He shouldn't have played though. No, he shouldn't. Should have. not have played. Yeah, like, that's uh, crazy. I, he's one tough bastard. Don't get me wrong, but I think players, especially Brisbane players, have a history of being too tough for their own good. Yeah, yeah it shouldn't but, be up to the player to say yes, I'm playing either. It should yeah, be someone, you, a doctor, who says, "Mate, you are not playing." And this is a team that's already had two players retire in the last concussion. two years. Yeah, it's got to be somebody to say, "Nah, we're, we're having a rest, mate." Yeah, but uh, so I think um, playing with your kids. I think uh, Leper was. Uh, was saying that uh, he did all his uni work, like he was able to focus and concentrate and everything, which you know okay. might be true. Yeah. He's I don't know what uni course he's doing. It could be anything from uh, law to landscape. He's probably not doing uni. <laughs> he just thought he was. <laughs> he's just in a room. But um, look, lad, you got ten more years and then maybe fifty years of life after that. You don't want to end up punch drunk. I remember a few years ago when Tippett was still at the Crows, he had a couple of big knocks, like. Uh, all in the same season and they just went you know what we're resting you for two weeks we just have a break you know let, yeah. it, let it heal up um, his was such a car crash that it just yeah I didn't like seeing him play mm-hmm. um, it, and let's be honest it's not like uh, the Lions are going to be challenging for the eight this year yeah no but just have a rest like. you can support the guy as a competitor and he you know loves playing footy loves to win and he's bloody good ruckman yeah, but, you know uh, come back next week yeah you're playing for nothing essentially you're playing for pride which you know, I wish more footy players oh, did that. But, well, and maybe uh, match payments, I mean. Well, yeah, but a little bit too courageous for his own good. Um, yeah, but I, I did like seeing Bastinac get a bit of the ball as well. Um, I was a bit disappointed North let him go, but oh, that's what happens. That's what happens. They got plenty of run out of Rockliffe and Zorklow and Pierce Hanley kicks an, uh, kicked a nice goal as well, but um, this is all about the Bulldogs and they're just uh, warming up, tuning up for next week's top of the table clash. Everything that Brisbane did, Bulldogs did better. I mean, yeah, speed, uh, decision-making, that's, that's about the end of ball it. movement, bloody everything. Yeah. Um, oh, see, the uh, Saw Squad were up there again. They were back. And they were loving see. life. Apparently, they were so loud outside the change rooms that uh, Old Source had to go out and tell them to calm down. They thought uh, the Bulldogs were singing their song again. <laughs> so they, he's gone out and said, lads, can you just tone it out a bit? And he had to hang out and sign a few autographs and everything. But, uh, geez, they bloody love him. They do. Um, on to Port Adelaide versus Geelong in one of the... First, uh, we had some, even though it was a highly entertaining round of footy, yep. um, we had some shocking games. And unfortunately, this was three quarters of shocking. Um, but there was still a lot of entertainment there. Oh, in the same way as slapstick comedy can be entertaining. Because, geez, it, there was some ordinary passages of football there from Port. Um, the first quarter, great. Port did really well. And I thought Geelong were out of the out of the contest but um, not out of the game obviously but Robbie were... Gray wasn't pissed off yet <laughs> that was weird what'd you make of that I I don't know and I, I've i rated Robbie Gray as a super elite player and potential Brownlow winner for the last couple of years but geez, he's he's done bugger all this match well I mean it's one thing to have to play Port Adelaide and you win it's another thing to be stuck there and you're shit so mm. I'll be fine I was going to be pissed off too I think one of the positives that I got out of this game was how much better the Channel 7 camera angles are at Adelaide Oval compared to the MCG yeah I remember you were saying that because there's no, none of the stands that just sort of line the whole way around and they just give that generic side on close up view where you can't see what's going on behind yeah. the plate yeah. so they're forced to have a when it was on the wing they'd have an angle from let's say about 20 metres left of the point post on either end. So you'd be able to see down the whole wing of the ground and you can see what's happening behind ruck plays and how they were structuring their defence and their zones, which I thought was a big plus for them. And it's no surprise that it came out of necessity because they couldn't give us the shit angle. I'll tell you what, though. Um, do you reckon they kept the receipt from Tupas at Melbourne? At Melbourne, yeah. Because uh, I reckon if Port had their way, they'd be asking for a refund right about now. I'm not sure what they what they gave up for him but uh, it was too much it, well, if it was a big Mac it was too much he, some players aren't great but they still don't hurt you he hurt them 
Yeah. He was not good. So who do you reckon made the call to uh, let's go the knuckle and let's try and rough up uh, Paddy Dangerfield? Because it was a pretty dumb decision. <laughs> that was a terrible move. <laughs> was it uh, Hartlett that came through? I don't think it was Hartlett. Um, I'm trying to think who it was. Oh, who was now some big lob, dumb bastard. Just well, need him narrow it down. Nowhere near the contest. Oh. I think it was after quarter time, the whistle had already blown, and he's come in with a knee, and then danger goes down. It yeah. was a legit marking attempt. The problem was the siren went about two seconds earlier. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, he got away with it though. The tribunal decided not to suspend him. But how good was the melee with BT commentating it? Yeah, <laughs> you could tell he loved it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Especially oh. when it was just about died down, and then was it was a Harlot that came through? Pittard, no, Pittard came that through. Yeah, with that big hip and shoulder. He, he got an extra fine for that one. Ah, good on him. That's right. That's that was um, Chris Scott went down and had a few words with Hamish Harlot. He yeah, was right. very reserved. I thought uh, Chris Scott. You saw him put his hands in his pockets yeah. just to sort of okay, let's let's not get this I, out of hand. I tell you, what, I think there were fists in those pockets because uh, I think he's one of those guys that. When he's verbose, he's fine. He's just blowing off steam. When he goes quiet, you've got to watch out. There are either fists in his pockets or he was really happy to see the melee. <laughs> <laughs> it could go either way. It could go either way. <laughs> but, oh, gee. You hey, think his defense at the tribunal would be like, nah, it wasn't me, it was my twin brother? Yeah, he could try it. Yeah, he was in Geelong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's a sneaky bastard. He's, uh, he'd, he'd struggle. <laughs> I think he's, his brother was in the Gold Coast at the time, but yeah, well, worth a shot. I think they call it the shaggy defense. Yeah, why not? Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Um, let's see. Port Adelaide, I think this is probably their best game for the year. <laughs> so sadly, far. sadly, you're right. <laughs> um, they, they're one and four, aren't they? Uh, so they, they, Or maybe two and four. Or two, or two nah. and three. Or no, they're one and four. No, they beat Essendon. They flogged Essendon. Of course, they're, they're two and three. Yeah, so um, they beat a VFL side. Yeah, the Essendon game wasn't that exciting, just like today's. But yeah. uh, So that was probably a better game. But uh, I, th- I think for the first quarter, they were, they were looking great. Um, and then they didn't look like a football team. Yeah, they went back to the... It, it was most disappointing with uh, Robbie Gray, who got the shits, because he's been good the first four weeks. He's yeah. been really good. Yeah. Um, probably up there in the Brownlow medal. But now he just got frustrated. You can see that's what it was. It was just frustration. Yeah. Um, but I think he's got two strikes now in the, the Fife rule. So if he gets one more fine then uh, he's ineligible. I could be wrong, but I've got a feeling he's got two now. I, I don't feel that he's going to trouble the Brownlow this year. I, I wish I was wrong, but I, he's not getting votes this game. No. Um, and I, I don't think he's going to have a breakout second half of the season like we saw a few years back. So, I don't know, put a line through him, I guess. Yeah, not quite yet, I wouldn't say. I mean, he's still, I've still got him in probably six or seven votes at this stage. I guess with Fife out, you know... It's uh, a little bit open. It's wide open. More open. But, uh, Generally, you can't play for a shit team, though, and win the Brownlow, can you? Well, plenty of players have. Really? There's been yeah. players that have won the Brownlow without making finals, but I don't think there's been a Brownlow medalist in a bottom four side for a long, long time. Not that I can think of anyway, and I couldn't be bothered to look it up. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, <laughs> Port really need to look at what they're doing. Um, they've got uh, an easier run coming up. Um, I think they got Richmond this week yep. um, without Rance, so that'll be a good start for them. But, uh, yeah, see how they go. But I, I don't think that it's all doom and gloom for them. I think they show that the effort uh, is there in the first quarter. they just got to do it for a little bit longer. And it, coming up against Geelong, I mean, they're a quality side, so yep. it's always going to be hard. And, yeah, lesson learned for everyone else, just don't piss off Dangerfield. You don't and do yourself a favour. Don't <laughs> poke him. What oh, are you doing? Jeez, why would you? Um well, Bottom four side, I think Ablett got one with Gold Coast. Oh, you're right too. They're, they're probably 2013. dangerously close to the bottom two. Um, well, I think it was yeah. their first or second season, 2013. Yeah. You're anyway. right. Um, but uh, let's not confuse uh, Robbie Gray with uh, Gary Ablett Jr. Yeah, dangerously <laughs> no. nothing as good like as, each other. As good as I think Robbie Gray is. Well, for a start, his best isn't Gary Ablett Jr. And his worst is far, far worse than Gary Well, his, his worst was Saturday night. That was his worst. Yeah. If there's anything worse than not getting the ball, it's giving it away so damn often. Yeah. Um, on to St. Kilda and the GWS. Uh, this game was close. A bit like the North um, Gold Coast game. It was close, but you always felt like the Giants just had too much class. Yeah. Um, and the Saints were doing well to hang in there. But when they turned it on, 
Giants just had too much firepower up forward. Well, strangely enough, I felt that it was the mature bodies the Giants had that yeah. uh, were a big difference. And, you know, in a, a younger side, they just had too many kilos of muscle. And, you know, granted, half of that was all stuffed into a, a Mumford-shaped Ruckman. But uh, they just, they looked dangerous. It seemed to me like St Kilda are still, again, struggling to run out of full game. It seemed like they... I mean, they either don't get a second wind or they'll take a quarter off, uh, save for last mm. week where they kind of put it out for the whole whole four, but still quite short. And yeah, you could see it, they just didn't have enough in the tank to get through the whole game and keep that pressure yeah. on the uh, GWS. And when you don't and they can really run, then it's mm. really hard to claw it back. I think GWS scored seven goals in 10 minutes in the final quarter. Yep. And it was all just slick. and um, it, it just looked real, real dangerous. Um, uh, Rui had another great game. Um, he's mm. put put back to back a few um, good games with big marks in the forward fifty. Because uh, he said it last week too. In his three hundredth, he looked like they were just nursing him over the line. Yeah, no, nah, he's he's absolutely killing it still. It's great to see. Well, they were saying that he might have something wrong with his knee as well during the game during yeah, the telecast. Yeah, so he, he did it getting a kick. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's still doing all right for being uh, taped together. It's it's sad to think that we've probably seen Revo play his last final game as in a final series because I can't see St Kilda doing it this year I wish you, I could I just can't you could say that for half the rookies at Richmond too but well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jez Cameron though coming back from um, suspension and just laser like yeah he, he copped a kick to the face too but uh, yeah, it didn't put him off or in a bad one just a lazy five and I think he had four in the four by two minutes into the second quarter um, yeah you can tell right he's uh, keen to get back out there and Stevie J kicking goals around the corner like he always does. Yep, set a couple up too. Ignoring the handball most <laughs> more often than not, like he always does. Well, oh, but fuck it, that's what he's there for. That's what he's paid for to do. But uh, we've been harping on about this for the last year, that GWS play very attractive football. So if, if you're even remotely a footy fan, watch their games, because they're brilliant. Um, I don't know if they can make top four, but I think they can give it a real shake. Oh, well, finals, definitely. I, I don't think you'll find a person willing to take... Uh, much in the way of high odds against GWS making finals but um, oh, they'll give it a, a good old shake because they've got no real weak lines um, yeah it was just uh, workman like it at the end of it and uh, a bit too slick the old Giants um, okay on to Sunday games now the Benny Hill Cup this was amazing I can not recall enjoying a shit game of football more in my life. I laughed my ass off. It was hilarious to watch. It was great to watch. It was, I, I don't know. It's like uh, Australia's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. It's the lowest form of entertainment, but for some reason, it was just so entertaining. It was like both teams went, fuck it. We're not, we don't have much of a chance this season. Let's just blood some of the Oz kickers early. Get them out of there before half time. Just see how they go. You know when you ha- get a meme on Facebook or whatever, and someone responds with LOL, meaning laugh out loud. I literally laughed out loud at I don't know how many times in this match. It was was brilliant. Loved it. Um, I think uh, there was a good uh, running commentary on the fantasy points that uh, Liam Jones and Zach Dawson were were going. I think at halftime it was six to seven, (laughs) which is just fantastic. This game had nothing, and it had everything. It was brilliant. Because uh, we saw, I thought Richmond versus Collingwood would be the worst game you could yep. watch all year. Yep. This was worse, and somehow it made it more watchable. Yeah. It, it was amazing because you had two completely different reasons for hoping each team would lose. I mean, one's being Carlton, and the other one is that it's good to see a team from uh, Premiership contenders just fall ungracefully straight to the bottom of the ladder. Is this mm. the first time we've seen a minor Premiership hangover? Um, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Oh, I'll tell you what, though. One one play that summed it up for me the whole day was Tabiner. Oh, Tabiner. Like, um, you could see it happening. Oh, <laughs> who was it who kicked it? Um, Griffin. Griffin. Uh, Griffin. Yeah. He's gone the long, probably 60-meter kick, and it's sailing, sailing. You see Pavlich, he's shepherding out, you know, letting the ball go through, and all of a sudden, Tabiner crashes the pack, <laughs> grabs it, bobbles it over the line. You're just like, what the... <laughs> and you see Pavlich just going, the fuck? did you think you were doing? You and he's just turned Pavlich. around and just gone, oh. Because Pavlich has been there when Fremantle were really shit. Yep. And you can see it's like, finally we got through it, we're playing finals, we're playing grand finals, we're playing prelims even. Yep. And now he's gone, oh, this again? <laughs> I hung around an extra year for this? Yeah, for you? It'll be funny when Richmond pick him up next year. 
Uh, it was great when he uh, Tabernet did kick the goal um, 30, 40 seconds later, but he, was, he didn't want to celebrate it too much. Because, <laughs> you know, everyone's going, yeah, seven-point play. Yeah. Oh, that was, was real, the game in a nutshell right there. It was funny because last time uh, Carlton went over there, it was an errant kick by Cameron Wood and in the dying seconds that Lockie Neal marked that won the game for Frio. Yeah. This year, it was the other way around. It was an errant kink for Lockie Neal that uh, gave the ball to, what's his name? Um, oh, yeah. Jeez, uh, I've gone blank. Liam Jones. Liam Jones, yeah. Um, to kick the sealer. Yeah. I, Which, unlikely hero. <laughs> unlikely that Lockie Neal would do that, too, because for me, he was best on ground in, and didn't have much competition. Mm, yeah. But he had time. Well, that's the thing. He's talking about setting himself a task. They've managed to make Liam Jones look like a good footballer. Their, For at least 30 seconds, yeah. more than any coach has done. They made him look adequate. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll give him adequate. Nobody could look good in this game. He'll, he'll take that. But uh, this is the one game of the round, I think, where no supporter is complaining about the umps because there were 36 blokes who had a shittier day than the umps. <laughs> I reckon yep. some of the umps should have had a kick. I reckon they might have. See how they go. Bloody hell. Um, but the game happened, and look, if uh, they exported that to China... I reckon we'd get a fair following. You've got to put a laugh they, track on they it. I think it was hilarious. You've got to put a laugh track on it. Um, it was weird now that uh, about now there's a few coaches that are under pressure, but I I don't like Ross Lyon as a coach because I think you know he has boring game plans that locks everything down. But this is 100% not his fault. This is the <laughs> players. They just couldn't do shit. Well, he has come out and said they're trying to play more attacking footy. You have to say it's probably not working about now, but um, they're going to stick with it until the bye, apparently, trying this new brand of football, which scores heavily. Well, they lost five, so you may as well try something. Yeah, and nah, just, just nah. nah. Well, he's talking at the start of the season that all he had to do was really tweak the game plan to take on Hawthorne, and well, whatever it was, just undo that shit. Well, exactly. He's only tweaked one thing. He's gone from winning to losing, that's yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, he's done that very successfully, you could say. Yeah, it's a bit harsh to, to go straight to tanking, though. I thought that was a bit <laughs> is the number one draft pick uh, a power forward? He's a West Australian. Well, <laughs> the number one draft pick is likely to be a West Australian midfielder. Um, Michael Barlow had 32 touches. I reckon that's one of the worst 32-touch games I've ever seen in my life. Usually when somebody gets 30 touches, you're like, oh, yeah, they really contributed. Yep. You're like, no. When he got 32 afterwards, I checked it and went, oh, it could have been 10. Yeah, for but, um, I mean, Brandon Ellis got 38 last week. He was bugger all. So. <laughs> yeah, surely Barlow's got to have a bit of a bit of a spell. I think he might have a long spell. Which is kind of funny going from a 32 touch to uh, a run in the waffle, but he's he's not looking like an AFL football player. Well, the thing is that they're going down like flies, so uh, they can't really afford to drop anyone. I'll tell you, you may as well blood him now because Barlow's well, not going to be much well, use. They've got Adelaide in yeah. Adelaide next week, so good luck with that. Yeah, sure. I, I keep thinking Frio will come good. But if they were going to, it would have been this match. And well, at home against a reduced Carlton, just... But no. Nah. You reckon you've got to hit bottom before you uh, go back up? Yeah. I think they've hit bottom. But there's hit bottom where you turn your pockets out and there's nothing in them. There's hit bottom where you're homeless sucking dick for change. And that's where Frio are headed at the moment. I hate that bottom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was also nice after the game with Carlton singing the song. They had, uh, I think... Uh, Q cards? Nine players in the middle. Yeah. Because um, it was their first win. And yeah. uh, even when they went to the coach's box, you saw um, Brendan Bolton. He's like, uh, we we won? <laughs> this wasn't meant to happen this year. <laughs> yeah. He, he looked like he just didn't quite know what to do with it himself. Not following the game plan again. Well, yes, damn it. One time you see them spray Gatorade on it, everyone, and half the players ended up dry. <laughs> there just, weren't enough people spraying it. They had to go get some more Gatorade. They ran out. Um, but uh, anyway, the... Ross is in uh, no danger at all. He's got far too big a contract for them to worry about it. So we'll go on to Melbourne versus Richmond. And as we have with Richmond all year, we've been doing their uh, bandwagon weather report. So, uh, Josh, would you like to go away with your Richmond bandwagon weather report? Pretty fucking short because uh, there's a big shitstorm coming and it ain't going anywhere. And look, if you're still on the bandwagon, thanks, guys, but... uh, you might want to get enough from pushing. Yeah, <laughs> you might want to do a Melbourne and fuck off to the snow because it ain't getting much better. Um, it's weird though. I mean, this is Richmond's best game for the year. Brenton, do you think so? Or? Unfortunately, yeah, and it was terrible. Well, it wasn't that bad. Like Cochin, I thought was very, very good. His thirty-two possessions were actually useful. Ooh. I think though, everyone's underrating Melbourne. 
they're a quality side. And Gorn is in the conversation for all Australian Ruckman. Yep, he's well and truly in the conversation. The thing is, Melbourne have been inconsistent. It's sort of one week on, one week off, and this was the first time they put two weeks in, in a row, I think. It was the first time they've got uh, consecutive wins since uh, round 14, 2011. Yeah, it's a long time like between that. drinks. It is. Um, one of the funniest things I thought was Hertie Lumumba. He looked like a player. Yeah, he did, actually. That, yeah. that hasn't he happened in a while. Decent things. Jeffrey Gala did some good things as well, especially yeah. on the goals. Didn't he, didn't he look smarter in oh, goals? Yeah. Thomas yep. Bug. Do you reckon he is? he's looked at Ballantyne and gone, I want to be like him? Well, but more of a prick. He's uh, he's always been like that, especially when he was at GWS. When they were losing games, he was like that. But, I mean, that's the real difference with this Melbourne is they've got an edge to them now. Yeah. I mean, Jack Fine is going around pushing people over and, and getting into it, yep. which Nathan Jones is like, oh, shit, I don't need to do it all by yeah. myself yeah. anymore. <laughs> um, you've got Bernie Vincent's doing it. You've... And no one's picking Max Gorn. No. There, there was one moment, I think, during the melee, when I was watching with you, Ben, yep. uh, where Dustin Martin went over and grabbed... Um, Nathan Jones yeah, <laughs> uh, and Nathan Jones grabbed him back and you sort of they looked at each other and went yeah alright yeah, right. yeah. Like, yeah. two, two lions circling yeah, they we'll, just went we'll both leave it here say, I've right? seen all the brave hearts and that the two yeah. big alpha males don't meet until everyone else is slayed yep. yeah. <laughs> piranhas don't eat their own um, that was good to see um, Jesse Hogan quiet though I, Not he, for the first time. He looked yeah. bored, to be honest. He, he looked like he'd rather be playing PlayStation. Well, yeah, listen to Alex Rance all afternoon. I'll be bored as shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon that's his his way of putting people off? Just like, oh, let me talk to you about well, the truth of Jesus Christ. It's either that or hammer fist to the back of the head. <laughs> yeah. Dumb, dumb, dumb. And the thing about that, three down to two, I thought was fair. Yeah, um, so do I. The other thing that I thought was fair was Viney came in and remonstrated, pushing with a fist to the throat. And that was a uh, play on, no call. Um, I think, uh, I think I'm okay got, with that. You got a fine for it, but there's it no I thought, games. Got off, I thought he got off. Uh, yeah, they, they you, there was a melee, so um, they they all got fines. They all got fines. It was good to see. Oh, in that case, thousand dollars well spent because Probably Melbourne right. of old would have sort of, you know, they would have lost the game, but uh, they would have kind of maybe Super. put up a little bit and then just not. Nah. But now they've they've got some sting in them, and especially Jack Watts, who's a player now, he's, and a good player. He's good. He's solid. Um, it's good to see guys like Viney coming in and going, not to my mate. Um, ben, what do you think of Big Ivan first game back? Uh, I mean, it's about what you expect from him coming back and going against mm. Max Gorn. Um, he was just a workhorse around the ground, put his body where it needs to be, but he was yeah. always going to be um, beaten in the rucks and the stoppages. So I think he did enough. And uh, What was the clearances in this game? Well, he was under Diary. 43 to 40, so it's not a huge difference. And I think that's a lot, to, a lot down to the... Um, Midfielders having a better uh, time around the ball. It was uh, off the ball that we really struggled, especially in defence, where we just don't have the intelligence to to work our way out of it. We're still doing short mm. kicks and not taking on the defenders. I think uh, on top of that, I'm I'm not convinced Richmond are fully fit. There were so many times no. where at the contest there'd be three on one to the demons. They'd win it, obviously. Yeah. Go to the next contest and it'd be three on one again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Reckon? And running back. Yeah. The, it's just not an intelligent way to set up the the back line. And I think we don't have intelligent players in the back line, so yeah, well, we're kind of screwed. And one of the things they did was try and put Dusty back there, like we were talking about last week. And even that couldn't help because, I mean, you've got one man in uh, Rance who's got his job, and there wasn't enough people to be able to work it out of there because Dusty well, kick it forward and there's no one there to get it anyway. Might Rant. sound silly, but do you think all the shit with his old man's just taking his mind off well, the game? Well, that's uh, been the conversation, saying that he's an emotional player, and he absolutely is. And so this family distraction, I think it's got to have an effect. On yeah. a player like him, who plays off his emotions, off his uh, momentum, I think it's uh, been a massive drawback. I'm sure it doesn't help. Um, yeah, it certainly doesn't help. Yeah, but you think, I mean, one cure for any of your troubles is winning. <laughs> Very <laughs> you much. You get onto the field and that's your little escape time. So I don't think it have a huge effect like we would imagine because once you get in the game, you get going, you get a, a feel for it, you kind of forget those things. So I think it'll affect his lead up to the game though, like yeah. his training uh, regime, you know, diet, whatever. But um, you talk about your back line. Rance, whilst a brilliant backman, is not a back line general in my no, opinion. No, Um He's always going to get the power forward, and he's always going to do a good job on him, except for belting him back of the head. Yeah. But um, he's not someone that can direct other players. Like, um, call players in, um, set up, 
two, three kicks ahead. He, he's not that player, and that's what Richmond need, a backline general. Yeah, and that's the thing. You see him take these big, long runs, and it looks great, but he's only running because he's got nobody to hand pass to. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason he's taking those runs. So, yeah, it's a catch-22 situation where you've got a very good backline player, but one person can't do the whole job. No. No. And Delidio's not going to come back anytime soon. I no. think, by oh, the sounds of it. They named him, and then it was just like, no, he can't kick. Well, lads, you would have known that on Tuesday. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's quad strain, and he's been to test every week. So it seems like it's a bit of rubbish, and there's something seriously wrong. Well, by now, you have to say, look, wait until the bye, come in as fit as possible. Because, uh, well, he, he's not helpful. Yeah, well, Hubbard might not have a job by the bye. <laughs> um, with Rance, though, with his suspension, uh, he's got three weeks. If he takes the early plea, he gets two. But I hope he challenges it just <laughs> just so he can call a witness. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what the problem was. Can he you wasn't... imagine all the bicycles lined up at the front <laughs> of the MRP? <laughs> um, oh, at least they're going to park. Um, but maybe he was just trying to tell Jack Watts his favourite knock knock jokes, <laughs> and he was he's really you know getting into it, and he was not. I don't know. Uh, there's been plenty of Melbourne supporters that wanted to belt Jack Watts around the back of the head. Haven't they to come time. out of the woodwork though? Yeah, they're all here. the The snow slopes have been uh, empty. Barren. So if everyone wants to go skiing, geez, now's the time. So they should. Though. It is amazing that this team lost to Essendon. I don't understand what happened yeah. that game. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things where everything aligned for Essendon and yeah. didn't for Melbourne. Yeah, but, I think uh, it maybe it was just more Essendon were up for that one. Look, uh, I would have said start of the season, maybe top ten would have been Melbourne's goal, but now they they have to aim to play finals. Um, they got their harder draws on the back half of the year, mm. um, but uh, yeah, I think that the way they're looking right now, that uh, they think they can beat anybody, yeah. and that is so different to what they've been for the last. 10 years. And they're a pretty fit squad too, I mean, with regards to injuries, so it'll depend on uh, how much depth they've got if they get injuries later on in the season or not. I mean, most teams have been affected by it except for Melbourne, so it's been a welcome change for them, I'm sure, but... Good injury list, yeah. Yeah, you expect it to happen sooner or later, surely. Well, a good injury list means so much. I mean, in the yep. last few seasons, Hawthorne have had uh, a better injury list than most, and no. they've no. reaped the rewards. Hawthorne have been lucky. We've had heaps of injuries, but we've got everybody right just come time for the finals yeah, yeah I mean we had fucking cancer I mean there's not not many that uh, get cancer midway through and come back but anyway on to the final game which was Collingwood and Essendon um, I stopped watching at half time this was shit yeah me too yeah. we had some shit games during the weekend and uh, Frio Carlton was funny because both teams were shit yeah. this is just Essendon just not caring and I thought hey, I'm not watching this shit yeah. uh, Collingwood were decent no, I, they were good I wouldn't say they were brilliant by any means but you know they they looked a shit ton better than Essendon. And I thought Essendon might uh, arc out for this match, being uh, Anzac Day and essentially their grand final, because they're not playing finals. Um, but they didn't. They kind of turned up and decided not to play until quarter time. I don't think they scored their first goal until the second quarter. No, they got one goal in the first quarter, but that was it. One uh, goal to yeah. eight or something stupid yeah, was, like that. But um, they they didn't seem to care, except for Goddard. I thought he was... Uh, red-faced and yelling for the whole match, which, you know, fair enough. Probably got a coaching future. But uh, everyone else just looked pretty ordinary. Three steps behind all day. Yeah, and remember when Cooney was brilliant? Brownlow medalist, eh? Yeah, he, he hasn't recaptured that form since his knee nuked. No. Seems like he's great around the club, though. Yeah. Funny bloke. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they got him for his Twitter prowess. But I found it funny that they've got a game here where you're going to obviously smash the opponent Real big chance for Trav Cloak to kick himself in, get a few goals <laughs> on the belt. <laughs> he had a shit game in the yeah. VFL. You can go to the Dawn Service, champ. How about that? How about that? Um, Although yeah, they got pumped in the VFL. One player for uh, Essendon who I thought did quite well was uh, McDonald Tip and Woody. He had a brilliant chase down. Yeah, he did, but I don't think he got a touch for the first half an hour. No, but there's plenty of Essendon players that could say the thing. At, at least he's got a highlight. Yeah, there's I mean, not many Essendon that. players who got a highlight. Yeah. It sounds weird, but it's, I was actually a little bit disappointed in him. He's played better this year. Um, he's yeah. got a highlight, yeah, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it is because I was a little bit uh, behind him already. And I, I wanted him to play well, we're unbelievably. Trying to, trying to give the Essendon boys something to, something to hang their hat on because they've had fuck all the last couple of years. So if, if you're thinking you might neck yourself, uh, McDonald Tip and Woody, look at his highlight. That'll bring you around. Get maybe, you maybe get you through next week. I don't um, know. Has it saved Buckley's career? Uh, honestly, I really, really want to say no, because fuck him, but uh, he's definitely off the hot plate. <laughs> For one more week. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if they go into the bye with only three wins, I reckon he's in trouble. 
Um, after that, if they don't make finals again, I think the conversation starts. But this is Anzac Day game is worth a final. So in everything except the fact that it's not a final. But uh, this has saved him until the bye. See, I reckon he's not going to... Well, I don't think he's going to win a premiership with Collingwood. Uh, no one's going to employ him once he's sacked from there. So I think, yes, has killed his career. <laughs> uh, it certainly would have killed his career if they lost. But I did some research and uh, I had a look Fuck. at um, Lee Matthews. Now, yep. He won a premiership as coach at Collingwood in 1990. And in the next four years, won 51 home and away matches. Then in the fifth year, eight wins, two draws, sacked. So Buckley uh, took the team from runner-up in the grand final. So he, when he was an assistant coach. Well, yeah, premiership and then runner-up. Premiership, runner-up, then he took over. So yep. the next four years, 51 home and away wins. So there's almost a, a benchmark there that uh, Lee Matthews went from a premiership coach... Yeah. to the next four years, fifth year sacked. Yeah. So he had that premiership coach next to his name, though, whereas yeah. Buckley doesn't. And he's had the exact same record over four years. So now the mark is uh, nine wins. Now, they need nine wins to justify, I think. Yeah, but Matthews also has a premiership player next to his name several times. Yeah, it doesn't count much in the coach's box, though. But when you're a premiership coach, I feel like you've always got that on your back and say, yeah, but when it comes to trying to sack you or not. Um, so Buckley doesn't have that premiership medallion to lean back on. But over the same period of time, um, they said uh, no thanks to one of the all-time legends of the, of the AFL. <laughs> Who just added to the silverware. Um, to uh, to Bucks. So, yeah, very interesting. I, I, so I'm setting the mark at nine. If they don't win nine games this year, you've got to say, mate, it's not your team. Like, honestly, I don't think they win nine games. I can't see this team winning nine games for the season. I'm, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and Buckley gets another year. But uh, I don't see Buckley being a premiership coach. Well, yeah. Um, well, that wraps up all the games for round five then. So we'll have a quick look at round six going in next week. We've got Friday night, North Melbourne and the Bulldogs at Etihad Stadium. Should get 50 for this one, hopefully. 50,000? Yeah, oh, I look, hope so. I'm, I'm going to rock up. But um, Western Bulldogs at Etihad are a damn hard side. And Harder at Eddie had than anywhere else. Absolutely, and a damn good side. So this is, uh, I think North's had a bit of a soft draw, which I think everyone has uh, said because they've been tipped against pretty much every week, I think. But um, but this is their... This is their minor test. Their test. Oh, minor test. They're playing second on the ladder. Yeah. But but they've got... I it's think, a reduced Western Bulldogs, though. They've got Carlton... Oh, Carlton, St. Kilda, and Essendon. After this. After this. And then they play Sydney in Sydney. To me, that's the major test. That'll be the one they're looking forward. Um, and then a few other games for Hawthorne before the bye. So but, you, um, you're, you're on North? Oh, ha- have to. I mean, Brenton, who's got a tough one? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go Bulldogs. I think the Bulldogs will get over, over the line. I, I think North are going to be too tall. I think that's the one area where Bulldogs are a little bit um, vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and Boyd didn't play this week, so I don't know if he's back or not. But yeah, I think that might be just too tall for him. Well, that's true. But the thing is, you've got to try and keep. You've got to play that tall man game. You've got to try and keep the ball out of the Bulldogs' hands, which is yep. the the tough part. Mm. The thing to me too is that it, it's going to be tight. I don't think either team so. can bust it open. Yeah, it sh- should be an absolute cracker of a game. And when it's tight, that's when your veterans take over. And without Murphy, I think they lack a little bit of that poise under pressure. Melbourne St Kilda at Etihad Stadium. Um, it's hard to tip against Melbourne after what we saw Sunday night. There's only maybe four teams I'd tip against Melbourne, and St. Kilda is not one of them. Yeah, see, I think the Saints put in a pretty good performance against the Ds. I think they'll match up pretty well. Could be a bit too physical for them as well. St. Kilda have been, I think, very similar to the Demons, where one week on, one week off, put in a good showing against uh, the Hawks. Um, probably a bit unlucky, and then put in that performance against GWS. Mm. So I think this one will be a close contest, but I think the Ds will probably make it three on the trot. I think St. Kilda are about three years behind Melbourne in terms of um, open March to an open premiership window and I think it's going to tell Ooh, three yeah okay I, I think they're definitely behind um, yeah mm, interesting um, Adelaide hosting Fremantle I like how you consider my opinions uh, if I know what I'm talking about I, I considered it and I'm like oh, I probably wouldn't go three years but you know what it's not really <laughs> that pedantic <laughs> didn't want to be that pedantic um, Adelaide uh, against Frio, we heard Nate Fife's having surgery. Michael Johnson's done his hamstring. I'm predicting Ad- Adelaide, um, rightly or wrongly, feel like they 
um, had a win snatched away from him last week. I tell you what, I'd put the line at 99 points on this one. Adelaide are going to win by 100. I, <coughs> I agree. Yeah. I just want to see Frio show something. Um, yeah, they're going to show for, up. <laughs> yeah, just for Pavlich, for his sake. Because they, they were an embarrassment last week and they haven't been adequate all season. So at least turn up and do something. Otherwise the Crow... Tex Walker could kick 10 and Jenkins could have a, a bag as well. Anything could happen here and it'll be 50,000 Crow supporters love and life. I, reckon. I, I can't see it finishing any other way. Hmm. Uh, GWS Giants hosting Hawthorne and GWS won this game last year. Um, I think they're red hot for this one. Look, I'm... It's always hard to tip against Hawthorne, but over there and with the Giants' speed, I think they might just get over the line. Um, also, Hawthorne have uh, gotten out of jail three weeks, three in, a weeks row. in a row. I think this might be the week that uh, does them in a bit. It's got to catch up sooner or later, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I don't see either side getting out beyond two goals, uh, but I, I just think the Giants have just enough. Yeah, I think the Giants might just get over the line. I think they're starting to build up, um, <clears throat> have an, ex- an experienced edge with their SPO or Spotless Stadium uh, appearances now, whereas before it was sort of new for everybody. There wasn't really much of an atmosphere there, but it feels like they've kind of made it a home. It'd be really interesting what the crowd numbers is for this game as well. Yeah. I hope it's as much as they can pack in there. I think, uh, what's their crowd record? Like 19,000? Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah, I, I hope they get capacity. I think the capacity is 25, so... That would be a brilliant, brilliant match to watch. Um, I, I'm sure everyone who loves footy is going to be watching it at home. You thought Fremantle versus Carlton was funny last week. This week, we've got Richmond versus Port Adelaide at the MCG. Uh, Brenton, have you booked your tickets yet? Um, yeah, no, no. Uh, I reckon I'll go walk up. I reckon I might have a chance of <laughs> sitting front and centre. Yeah. Um, probably go coach's box. Bring your boots. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard for this match, they've actually banned all hot food because they don't want any microwaves anywhere near the game. <laughs> Um, I think that Port might uh, put a big one in. Now, this is their chance to actually say, "All oh, right, here we are." Um, I, I think that uh, no Trengrove, no Rance. Um, yep. Charlie Dixon's going to kick a bag. See, I thought that last week, and I was wrong. Um, but then again, I thought the same about Richmond, and I was wrong. So, uh, uh, it's a to- coin toss. Uh, I'm backing Richmond just because it's a G. Um, I'm having a look. Richmond are actually favourites, so yeah, Port Adelaide, I think, uh, is going to get there. Ben, you're going to back your boys in? Or oh, I've got to. Yeah, why not? Love pain, <laughs> love misery. <Bring> on. <laughs> uh, Geelong hosting Gold Coast down at uh, Skills Stadium, which is uh, about the fifth or sixth uh, visit of Gary Ablett since he left. Um, so it's usually a, a good occasion down so there. He's got five up on regular Jesus then. <laughs> this is probably the strongest sun side he's taken down there, though. Absolutely, it is and by a mile. I reckon they're a bloody good chance to walk away with the chocolates. Yeah, they're a good chance. But it could be one of the better Geelong squads that he's come up against as well. I think they really starting to hit their straps, mm, and Paddy isn't, isn't doing in many any favours. Well. Um, Dangerfield probably had uh, three votes on last week. Um, I don't think we've seen Selwood really take a game apart yet either since no. uh, Dangerfield's got there. But uh, I think it's working better, though, with Selwood not having to take as much on his shoulders. Yeah. He, he's gone off of the blood less. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know if he could go off more. So, <laughs> See, One poor strap has lost his job. Yeah, poor lads. <laughs> as if the job market in Geelong <laughs> yeah. wasn't already bad enough. How is he not sponsored by Red Cross? <laughs> Uh, I think they they already get enough they, business out of him because they lose money. Yeah. <laughs> They're always trying to pump blood back into him. Uh, so you reckon Gold Coast, Josh? Who do you reckon, I'm on Brenton? Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I think Geelong get over the line at home. Yep. Yeah, I'm on Geelong. Uh, Brisbane Lions hosting the Sydney Swans at the Gabba. Um, it'll be really an, uh, one of the upsets, I think, um, of the year if uh, Brisbane can get over um, Sydney there. Yeah, I agree. Which is why I'm back at Sydney. Sydney? Yep, Sydney. Sydney. Carlton Essendon in the next Spoon Bowl. Um, Carlton off uh, their their big win. Um, I don't know if uh, Essendon can play worse than they did today. But um, it it is weird. I think that was Carlton's worst game for the year and they won. So maybe they can have another shocker and still win. Do you reckon they're going to try and put the brakes on it? It's like, lads, we we don't want to win too many games. We we (laughs) want draft picks. (laughs) Would you mind just, you know, chilling out a little bit? But um, Essendon are just shit. Uh, as much promise as they showed early on, they've done their dash in the last few matches, and 
I'm going to back Carlton. Um, I'm think I'm I'm back in a draw in the least attended game at the MCG this year. Oh, quite possibly. I'm going to say there was um, Collingwood Essendon in round. 23 last year which I think only had 42,000 or something like that yep. I reckon they'll give that a shake yeah definitely um, West Coast Eagles are hosting Collingwood which is great because West Coast Eagles hate travelling can't <laughs> win away from domain um, I think Collingwood had a nice little training run today so now they get a test straight away yep. we find out if they're fair income or not Yeah, and the answer is they're not yeah, West Coast I think flog West Coast will get up there in a big way well, the funny part here is you're going to see a whole bunch of uh, Freo supporters probably turn out of the match and barrack for Collingwood just because they want to see a little bit of football and they're not seeing it from their own team. Um, but I still think West Coast will trounce them. West Coast, Ben? Yep. West oh, Coast. On the, on the All right, that'll do us for round six then. We'll um, see, you, see you after this one. Yeah, yep. See you next Tuesday. Yep. Peace.